0: Before we begin this episode, we would first of all like to thank all of our listeners for their endless support. We would also like to invite you to visit us on our website at www.preptgrind.com, where you can gain access to all of our pre-PT grind platforms as well as your own pre-PT grind ebook, free ebook, titled The Top 10 Tips to Get into PT School. Our purpose with current and future content is to provide you with everything you need to be a stellar
1: DPT school candidate. We look forward to serving you more and more. Enjoy the rest of this episode. What's up guys, this is Casey and Joseph here with another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. This is where we help you decide, prepare, and transform into becoming the best DPT student and the best future physical therapist like Dr. Chanel Norman. You could absolutely be on this episode. We have the brand new clinic owner and new grad, Dr. Chanel Norman. So welcome. Mm. How are you doing today? Excited to have you on the podcast.
2: Thank you so much. Like this is so humbling uh, to be on here. So thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Chanel is an absolute beast. I kept saying it before in the podcast. I'm saying it now. You guys will hear why, but, but I'm not going to lie. Like out of the Smart Success family that we have, as you guys, listeners know that Casey and I are part of a family, Smart Success BT, Greg Todd. But Chanel is literally one of the dopest people on that platform, cause I'm like, every time she posts something, I'm just like, yo, I'm not even living to my potential. Cause Chanel is always one-upping everybody. So she's a freaking beast. All right. <laughs> so she's crazy. a beast. Oh my gosh. And I'll be here for real. All right, so Chanel, welcome to the pre Grind podcast. Let's begin from the top. Tell us about how physical therapy came your direction, how it became, now your passion. Uh, talk to us about like your beginnings in PT.
2: Well So first off, I grew up in a pretty small town of Bedford, Indiana, the first in my family to go to college. And you know, from a young age, I knew that I wanted to be in the medical field. I just didn't know exactly what that would look like. Um, so in high school, I was, a part of a vocational program that was the Health Occupation Students of America. And essentially, yeah, it was this uh, like extracurricular type vocational program that allows you to shadow different health professions. So a few hours every day, I got to, I had the opportunity to shadow a few different types of professions. And so it started out, there was a few, a few opportunities to shadow, you know, physicians and, uh, surgeons and medical assistants and things like that. Um, but I eventually shadowed a physical therapist, and it was in an outpatient clinic, uh, and the PT was working with a, a traumatic brain injury patient. And I still remember that moment. It's the craziest thing. And you know, I was 15 years old, and it was like that moment, like watching the therapist connect with the patient in a way that I hadn't seen any other professional connect with another human being. It was like the biggest light bulb of my life. Like I just knew that I wanted that connection with so many people, like for the rest of my life. Like it was everything. And literally from that moment, I just never stopped. So I continued to shadow, continued to shadow. Went through the health occupation students program for both my junior and senior year of high school. And they have these state competitions where you pick certain disciplines and then you get tested on them, like at a very introductory level, of course. So I was put into this room with, you know, a hundred other pre, pre-physical pre therapy students in high school. And so you're tested on anatomy and physiology and like basic range of motion, like things like that. And at that point I ended up placing second in the state competition like both years. And so I felt like I just had a knack for it. Like it felt like a gift. It felt like just this natural skill that I had. And so I ended up going to nationals and it was the first time I ever got on an airplane and flew to California and Anaheim and uh, went through all of that. And it was just like, it was just the most amazing experience. And like looking back, it's so crazy to me what the professional physical therapy has done for my life in terms of travel. And it's kind of all full circle. And we'll get to more of that a little bit later, but that is kind of like my pre beginning, beginning of PT from like age 15 to 80. Like I just, I just always knew that it was the right thing for me. Wow. It's so surreal to think about because it always just felt really easy for me to connect with people. And i I mean, I'm a huge science nerd, I love the, that kind of thing anyways, but it was just the thing that I, that always just kind of came easily, um, and even in high school, like I did mediocre in biology, and I didn't mediocre in chemistry, but like, and I physiology, and you know, those kinds of things, just, it was just something that I picked up on really quickly, and it just, it just always felt right, and it always felt so right that, you know, and we'll talk about it more later, but Every, like, I came at so many crossroads in my life where it was like I had to decide between my passion and mediocrity, my passion and what other people expected me to do. Like It was always this crossroad, like this pull and, push and pull, but it's, it, it always goes back to those early years where I just knew that that was the right career path for me.
0: So outside of even that, Where you were like, "Yo, this is really easy for me." What are other signs that you saw that said, "Yo, this is actually my passion"? Because you just said passion versus mediocrity. Like, there's no other options. I've I've actually never heard it worded in a better way. Like, so how, how else, you like Chanel? Like, how else did you see PT or this field of, you know, well, healthcare in general? Like, how did you see as your passion outside of? of even just saying, hey, like my AMP class is pretty darn easy or it's coming really easily to me.
2: I think that I could have never known that, the answers to that until now. I will say when I was an undergrad and did like meh, you know, a three three. Nothing nothing great, like nothing crazy, nothing like superb. I applied as a junior to the early admit program at the University of Indianapolis where I was going to school, which was the whole reason I even went to this school, mind you. Passed up basketball scholarships because I wanted physical therapy. Like, I wanted to focus on my career. And so I I applied to the school. I go to the school. It's one of the top schools in in the nation for PT. I apply my junior year, and I don't get in. So it was like an early admittance, like I said. And I didn't get in. I tried to brush it off, uh, try to look past it like, well – that would have just been like an extra just to get in early. But then I'm looking at all these people that I've gone to school with and they're getting in early. And so it's starting to like it's starting to self-destruct my mentality slowly. And from that moment on I started gaining weight. Um, and then my senior year rolls around and I apply again and I get weight listed. And at that point, I'm like, well, now I have to start thinking about all these other schools. I am I'm going to do this. Like I'm not going to not do this. And so I'm applying to That school I'm applying to, the University of Evansville, Washington University, Bellarmine, Xavier, University of Cincinnati, Northwestern, University of Kentucky, IUPUI, and they all turned me down. Like, I didn't get into any schools. Like, I can remember crying so much about it. Like, the level of disappointment and self-destruction was so crazy. Um, It was just so intense. And so, in my mind, I thought, okay, What's another way I can do this? I can get this done eventually. And so I applied to the physical therapy assistance program at the University of Annapolis, and I get accepted. I also applied to the occupational therapy program, the master's program, and got accepted. But I could, like, it was such an ego blow to feel like I was going from a bachelor's in biology to an associate's in PTA. But I couldn't let myself settle for another profession just because it was going to be like a step up, you know, like so much of me wanted to just say, Oh, well, I'm going for my master's in this instead and just kind of brush it off and like convince myself that it was fine. But I just, it just didn't feel right. I couldn't do it. And so I did that program. And so that was another two years. And then immediately when I was done with that, I applied to the university of St. Augustine in Florida because I didn't want to wait the two years that you had to do to do the bridge program for PTA to PT. I didn't want to wait. I just want to do it. Well, in 2006, I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. And of course, like he and I've been together for a very long time. He and my passion for PT kind of developed at the exact same time. And, you know, obviously he and I had been through a lot together. He had seen, We go through a lot of different phases and a lot of different uh, points of rejection and, you know, 100-pound weight gain, like, all kinds of stuff, obviously. And it came down to, like, do or die time. Like, I applied to this program. And, you know, looking back, it's like, I just think that he didn't expect me to go to such extremes, like, to get it done, you know, because it took a lot of sacrifice and it took a lot of, like... Self discipline and like really just being true to what I wanted out of life and being true to the passion of what I wanted to accomplish, and so here we are, you know, having a, a pretty good relationship, a pretty good marriage, and we come to this place where he it's it was basically an ultimatum. He said, "You know, I want kids now. Like I don't want to wait on your career any longer. Like I don't want you to go after this anymore." And uh, like, I can remember that moment like so vividly, like sitting at the dining room table, like it was this like super cold transaction of, well, I guess we're getting a divorce. And so we did, like it was this very overnight thing that happened. And so this relationship that I'd had since I was 15, uh, my identity was wrapped up in it like so, so strongly, obviously. And... I said, well, I'm, I'm going to go up. I'm going to go after this, and so we separated, and so I got on a plane in March and went down to Florida for my interview, and, you know, it went really well, but obviously it was an emotional experience for me because it was like I was going after something I'd always wanted, but I was losing a lot. Like, it felt like such a loss at the same time, and I remember a few weeks later, I got the call that I had been accepted, and... Like, it was such a bittersweet feeling because, like, I was finally getting what I felt like I'd worked so hard to get, and at the same time, like, I knew that that relationship was over. Like, there was nothing, like, nothing going to bring that back, and, like, it was just so crazy. It's so crazy to think about, but that was, that was in 2010, so, you know, I ended up starting graduate school that August, and... I commuted to St. Augustine from Indiana twice a month for four years to get it done. So, all my income as a PTA was poured into my flights. Yeah, my flights, my hotel, my rental car, like what I ate. Um, I didn't take out any student loans for any of that. And so, the weeks that I go to Florida, I would work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 410s. I would have to go off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then the next Monday, and then I would go back to work Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday those t- would like I would have to make up all the hours, so it was like either I was at work or I was at school like there was no in between like that that's kind of my journey up into the point of graduate school, like just even starting pt school so that's kind of the sacrifices that I had to make and a lot of realizations that. came to fruition even just up until 2010 if that makes sense
1: oh so many directions (laughs) we can go from that (laughs)
2: yeah
0: so kind of transitioning and i know we'll come back to the details and all that stuff how has that now as a physical therapist how has that experience shaped who you currently are how has that shaped how you now as a business owner now as as your own boss, as the boss, as embody boss? Like, like how does that shape who you have become after going through that experience in particular?
2: You know, when I think about all the experiences from the start to the finish, all of it had to happen in the exact same way it happened in order to create who I was supposed to be as a physical therapist. I don't think I was ever meant to be a very traditional physical therapist. I wasn't ever meant to... Subscribe to a very linear way of thinking. I was always meant to be abstract. I was always meant to be a little unorthodox. I was always meant to inspire people on a level that you can't inspire others unless you've like been through it, you know? I mean, I think about so much of my, you know, most of the reason why I even opened up my own business, because that's not something I ever really wanted. I think about, like how I wanted to impact people. And I think that above all else, like I want to be a healthcare provider who really, really helps people embrace self-worth, like really helps them understand what it means to believe in themselves, choose themselves, Like live to like their highest potential, like follow their dreams, whatever that means. Um, And it's all of these like really crazy things that happen along the way in my career that have created the kind of dynamics and the relationships that I have. I think that in order to be a really empathetic person and really connect with people, the way that I think a really talented physical therapist. Can do it takes experience and it takes like a level of tenacity that grabs people and like helps them just feel it like even without words like I really enjoy like sharing different parts of my story with my patients and having them follow me on social media and, and like help like live in my life with me because I think that like that transparency and that vulnerability is what creates successful outcomes in physical therapy and I think that Most physical ailments are symptoms of life ailments. You know, obviously, aside from the occasional, like, traumatic incident or something that's, you know, like a freak accident, obviously, that's an exception. But I think that a lot of physical problems are just manifestations of other stuff, you know, stuff that's going on in someone's life, um, their lifestyle. And, you know, it all goes back to lifestyle. And so much of our choices in lifestyle have to do with how we feel emotionally. And so much of our emotions go back to our level of fulfillment, you know. And so I feel like PTs are role models for a lot of things that maybe some PTs don't realize, you know. And so I really appreciate and value the level of respect that I think I've given my own life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that carries over into how people feel about their own life when we work together, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, in the clinic, people have so many different baggages that they're carrying. And I mean, you can sometimes see when uh, when a patient has has received the very superficial presentation from a therapist, they don't open up. They, they're like, OK, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll just do my exercises or my whatever. And I'm out. Um, right. But you're right. The ability to like you said the way you worded it was have them feel it without even saying anything. That's hard to do if you have not been there, if you have not, like, if you don't have the experience to be able to pour out into them so that they see that you get it, so right. they see that you have what they can trust. And they trust in you like like that, like that. And, and I, I mean, do your patients currently, uh, like, you you can tell, like, right now that your patients are locked into what you're doing, not because you've told them some mystical thing that they could do to help no it's because <laughs> no it's because right. because they realize that you have something that allows them to fully connect with you um, and that's something i think that's valuable to a lot of our preptes who have various various stories various backgrounds various e- experiences that they don't know how to leverage and i think a lot of them see them as as downfalls they they see them as as setbacks um, especially when they're like, man, no, like, I don't compare to that student that went straight through undergrad and has a 3.8 GPA and all that other stuff, whatever. I've been trying to go in for the last few years, or I had this thing happen to me and my family, or, like, I mean, they don't realize that that's, like, you, like, you just described it, like, the way those things happen. Yeah, no, they weren't great in the moment, like, as they occurred, But those experiences have created the absolutely amazing clinician you are today. So like the pre-PTs listening, y'all listening right now, like understand that like from Chanel's story already, your experiences, whether good or bad are what make you the amazing individual you will be as a physical therapist and more because you are in a people industry. You're not going to be at a desk looking at paperwork all day. Like you are in the people industry and people have a lot of ish happening at home a lot of things happening in their workplaces personally things they haven't I mean people will share stuff with you that they haven't even told their spouses because of how heavy it is but they have to but they have to feel as though you really are there ready to understand ready to take in what they have to offer but that also comes with the experiences like Chanel's talking so I appreciate you sharing that
2: right no definitely and you know to add that to add on to that I really think that like PT outcomes are directly proportional to the level of investment that a patient brings to the table. And I really believe that no one, I I can't think of anyone is as invested into this process as I have been. Like I think about everything that I've given. I think about everything I've sacrificed. I think about every lesson learned like along the way, and I am so invested in my patients. Like they, and that investment is what, and it's what inspires them to invest in it as well. You know what I mean? Like they feel like they're being matched. Like it's not like they come to me and they feel like, well, this person is a a PT, it's what they went to school for, it's what they're doing, it's what they do to pay their bills. Like when my patients hear my story and, when we share, when we share things about our life, like they get it. It's like they realize that so much of my life has led up to now and so much of my life was created to be there for them in a certain type of capacity, you know? I just feel invested and I always want my patients to feel invested and it's easy to feel invested when you have invested a bunch, <laughs> you know? Like when you've invested everything, I went all in.
1: All right, Dr. Norman, there are so many directions I can go from here, but I'll narrow it down. For pre-PTs, when when I hear conversations like this, and I try to put it in the perspective of our audience the best I can, because I know they're listening, sometimes it might go over their heads, sometimes they're like, I'm only listening to this to know what I need to put in PT cash. Just tell me what I got to do to get in, then I can (laughs) work it out. I can listen to Chanel's story later once I'm home and once I get into PT school and once I'm ready and blah, 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 all this stuff, right? So if if a student is like on observation hours or um, working like a PT tech job or volunteering, if they're in a clinic or in a hospital, you, you've talked about how you're relating to your patients, how you share your stories with them, how you make them feel like more of a person, not a number, not a G code, not a Medicare bill, whatever it is. So, is there even a way that pre PT students can do that? Even can hone their skills now, can make the most out of their observation hours, learn from patient stories to use them in an essay and in an interview. How can this relate to them? How can they relate to the people yeah. that they're interacting with from now? Or is there even a way?
2: Well, I think like I think the first thing is to a really know that's what this is what you want to do with your life. And if that's if this is really what you want to do with your life, then you just never give up. Like you never let the option of something else become like you don't you just don't let it cross your mind. And you know, I think in terms of like as you're preparing to get into PT school and the things you're working on, I think that being in a lot of different people industries like is super helpful. You know, I had over 5,000 observation hours before I applied to PT school. And I thought that that would hopefully give me an edge. Like, maybe that will be enough to offset my mediocre GPA. Maybe. And it wasn't enough. And so, but I don't regret it um, because, you know, it really helped give me insight into putting in a lot of work and not getting a lot of results. You know, like, and even today, like a lot of the things that I, especially with the business, there's a lot of times, you know, and truth be told, let me just put this out here. I've had my clinic open for a month and I'm afraid of billing anyone. So I'm just treating people. I have a bill for it. Like I'm just, I'm just rocking out my practice, seeing people all day long, and not <laughs> charging for it yet. Um, so it's like I put in, it, it just helps set your mindset and your work ethic and your discipline level to invest into the experience without an automatic payoff. You know, I think that's one thing that like observation hours do for you. But you know, another thing is like in my detour to PT school, like when I was in PTA school, I wasn't in rehab, it didn't pay enough. Like I had a bachelor's degree in biology. And, you know, the PTA jobs weren't super lucrative, even for someone with a bachelor's degree. So I was working like two jobs, one for a government agency that traveled around the state, helping underserved areas attract clinicians. So I was learning how to write grants. I was learning how to network with professionals, learning how to talk to different professionals. That became very valuable later on. And I was also a pharmacy technician. And nothing motivates you into becoming what you want. And nothing motivates you into the people industry and the kind of setting PT is, in my opinion, more than retail. Like being in that position was so eye opening. Like, not only did I, you know, learn the names of many different drugs and their uses and the common prescriptions and learning how insurance verification works and like all this other stuff. Um, It also gave me insight into what patients deal with in a pharmacy. Like what are their frustrations? What is the pharmacy doing? Like what problems are attributed to patients? What problems are attributed to insurance companies? What problems are attributed to the actual corporation and how – do problems like get miscommunicated like it taught me a ton about communication so you know my other you know to lead back to your question it is like really seek out opportunities to to really understand full circle what healthcare is because when you're a physical therapist it it goes way beyond just being a pt helping them and then they leave like it's a very multifaceted career. Like there's a, a lot of different moving parts. There's a lot of different uh, components to it. So doing that is, is super important.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. So get some customer service jobs or find some, understand the healthcare field from not only a physical therapist point of view. And that's what we're kind of trying to do uh, with this podcast, even, you know, as a pre-PT, as you're in this pre-PT journey, it's kind of, at least get this in your subconscious mind that there are different perspectives to this field. Cause a lot of things, well, a lot of information you're going to get is just very linear and how to get into PT school. And even when you're in PT school, it's, it's still the same, you know, sit in a classroom, learn this, take a test, pass your boards, and you're all right. You're not even, even when you get into PT school, Yeah. So, absolute, absolute survival, absolute survival. So on that note of PT school, you said you were like commuting from Indiana <laughs> to Florida. And we get a lot of questions about working in PT school. Can I keep my job? What job should I have? I need to work. What can I do? So what, what did you do? How would you do it?
2: I don't know how the hell that I did it. I really don't know. I look back. I know that I never had free time. I know that I was tired all the time. <laughs> Um, I know that my passion pushed me forward for four years. I know that Um, because obviously like it wasn't, it wasn't a bridge program. It was an entry level DPT program. So I relearned some things that I learned in PTA school. Um, But aside from the, the exertion required to get through PT school was the travel. So The driving 40 minutes to the airport, the getting on a plane, connecting Atlanta, connecting in Jacksonville, driving to St. Augustine, or connecting in Orlando, driving to St. Augustine. Like, it was so much energy. But it really, really, really gave me an appreciation for, like, just doing what you say you're going to do. Like, there was no part of me that was going to allow something that was extremely difficult, keep me from what I knew I really wanted and what I needed to be doing with my life. Like it was, it was just crazy. It was so crazy to think about and it's all kind of a blur. I mean, it was four years of a lot of grinding, like a lot of grinding. Um, And I don't learn easily, you know, anatomy and physiology in high school came easy. Learning does not come easy to me. Uh, I have to study so much to learn information, and when I have it, I have it. But it takes a long time for me to really absorb it. And so, it was a shock. It was a culture shock. And I think more than anything else, obviously, I was dealing with a divorce when I first started. I almost failed out of the first trimester. I was dealing with a lot of turmoil from that. It was it was just really difficult and. You know, throughout those four years, I, I was entered into another relationship that, looking back, was very toxic. It wasn't a healthy relationship, and it was really distracting to me, and that made it really difficult as well. And so, you know, I, get, I finally get through this program, and you think, oh, my, like, Chanel gets her happy ending. Like, everybody clap, and everyone be happy for her, and I ended up getting engaged right Pretty much, you know, just a few months before graduation, right before I took my exit exams and got through my exit exams. And then that uh, fall, I failed my boards. And I'm like, of course. Like, I've grad- graduated. I failed my boards the first time. And it was so devastating. Like, oh, I just cried for days. It was so bad. And, you know, I ended up retaking them and passed them on the second attempt. Barely. You know, standardized testing is not my forte. I didn't do well in the GREs. I didn't do well in the SATs. Um, I get in my own head a lot. And so, you know, finally got through that, got through that whole process. And I, at that that time I thought, you know, I want to open my own practice. So this was pretty soon after graduation. But at that time I was still, I was in a relationship that obviously it's all hindsight. Um, But I was in a relationship that wasn't one in which I was going to grow. I was very much like held back emotionally. Um, It just wasn't a good situation. But the the problem with the work ethic I have and the problem with the level of determination I have is that I just want to make stuff work. Like I want to prove that I can just make anything work, right? And so after that, uh, I got married again to this person and you know just it wasn't a good fit i kind of knew it wasn't a good fit but i wanted it to work anyways and uh over the course of that year it was a really destructive year and kind of got talked out of opening a practice and you know my my confidence level was down my like i just wasn't feeling good about myself it wasn't a good situation and we ended up divorcing a year later and i'm like I think I think about that, and that was one of the most transformative places in my life like so it was so powerful for me to really like truthfully abolish how I was going to feel about how everyone else was going to feel about me how how am I going to deal with people thinking that i'm successful, people saying that i'm I'm educated, people saying that I finally got you know through this this journey of mine and yet still made a made a pretty bad mistake like how am i going to deal with the humiliation because i wanted to be that shiny professional who worked her ass off finally got what she wanted had the happy marriage like i wanted all of that you know and that wasn't that wasn't going to happen for me in 2015 um and then in 2016 got uh, divorced and you know i was working for a corporate outpatient clinic and uh, making really amazing networking connections and really feeling like i was finding my way clinically and you know it's just kind of feeling like i was spinning my wheels and so like all of this just happened you know and this was just a year ago like a year and a half ago and it's like, it's the craziest thing is that, you know, that's, that's when Greg Todd enters my life. Like things, life is so full of so much serendipity. Like it, it's so amazing. And I think that above everything else, that's what I want PT students and pre-PT students to remember is that the life they're living during the process of applying to PT school and the life you're living during PT school is your life. It's not like this intermission. It's not like this thing that you just got to get through to get to the golden golden ticket. It's not, you're not going to get to like this other side that's just magical and uh, amazing and easy and carefree. And I think for a long time, that's how I envisioned it. Like I thought, well, if I can just get through this, the rest will be better, you know? And it's just not the case. It's really just not the case.
1: We have, we like went into a lot of the topics, like a lot of, you know, practical things, but we haven't really delved into like relationship stuff. And can, because a lot of people are married, have fiancés, boyfriends, girlfriends, situationships, long distance things. So. Situationships. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what, what would you tell somebody? It could be like somebody in pre, like a pre-PT student, somebody in PT school, a new grad, who is either married, situationship, relationship, whatever it is. Like what relationship advice would you give them? Cause we haven't really delved into that topic. And that, that, that's a big part of PT school. Cause I think over half of my class is either married or about to be married. So what advice would you give PTs?
2: Don't romanticize your reality. So Ooh, it's a title right there. I'm going to say this because I lived it twice. So many people become so attached to the idea of what they think they are living. Mm. You know, in, in my history of college and pre-PT and PT and PTA, you know, a lot of people, I think when you're in this kind of an industry, you're a relationship person pretty naturally. But I think the problem is, you don't, like, I didn't think about the, the weight that my values and my goals had on a real fulfilling relationship. And it's hard to know that when you're 18 years old and 19 and 20. 21 it's hard to know those things Um, and of course obviously I'm saying this is a 32 year old who's who has a lot of failed uh, or has a few failed situations but really break down what your relationship is like and what it what that's going to do for you later on in your life because the relationship I'm in now which deserves its own like own podcast I'll be honest um, it it has changed my entire life. It has it has enhanced everything about me. It has grown me into a person who can articulate these things. Um, it has given me the confidence to be a business owner. Uh, like it has made everything. And you know, that that goes for romantic relationships, but also like your colleagues, your friends, your coworkers. Like, who you spend time with matters. It matters more than anything else in your whole life. And, you know, stumbling upon Greg Todd and and his mission and, you know, Smart Success PT, that, like, literally transformed the rest of my life. Like, just meeting him and making the decision to go to Florida To have a conversation with him—that's all I wanted. Like, I was already a part of his tribe. I just wanted to go down there and talk to him. That decision, that single decision, is what led me to the love of my life. Like the person who is going to support me and all of the other things in my life that I'm meant to do. You know? And so, it's just crazy. Like, really, really value who you spend time with. In my opinion, it's the single most important thing that you
0: can invest in wow i'm almost feeling like your 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 answer to my question is going to be very similar but speaking to a young chanel chanel that has not gone through any of this we're talking like chanel this could be chanel in high school chanel i mean like before like when you were still on the high of doing well in your amp in high school and you were like yo i'm the stuff uh Speak to that Chanel. Like, what is something valuable out of everything you have um, experienced and and learned from up until this point, up until becoming a business owner? Uh, and you're going to be hella successful, like we all know that. But up until becoming a business owner, what is something you would say to the younger Chanel that she has no idea about, but you feel she would value knowing in order to prepare her to conquer the next chunk of years? Uh, that she would have leading up to this point? What would you tell her? We only say this because there's always someone listening to the podcast episode that is at that point. There is someone listening that is that younger version of yourself.
2: I would probably ask. I wouldn't even tell them. I would ask them. I would ask them to imagine the greatest scenario, the greatest feeling, the brightest future in their whole life. Like I would ask them to imagine what that looks like. And then I would ask them, actually, I would tell them to realize that what they're going to get is exponentially better than that. If it just keep going, like the life I have now, the relationship I have now, the fulfillment I have now, I was never going to, I was never going to achieve this without all of that. And without two divorces and without 15 rejections and like without gaining a hundred pounds, like I was never going to feel the way I feel now. I think that failure and like really being heartbroken, you know, that's the other thing that I would say, like buckle up because you're going, you're going to really experience a lot of heartache, but that heartache is going to give you such an appreciation for the life that you are working towards. Like I appreciate my life so much every day because of all that other shit, you know? And I couldn't have otherwise. I just could not have.
1: I don't, my next question doesn't even, doesn't, it doesn't even compare, but, you know, going through PT school, PTA school, uh, studying for boards, owning your own business, getting your business started up, you have so many practical steps you have to go through to reach that fulfillment, that, that better fulfillment that you ever dreamed of. So how did you, like getting on the grassroots level of things, um, how did you do that? Whether it was studying, organizing your time, setting up a business, all of that stuff. Because we need the practical stuff too. What advice would you give our audience for that? Whether it's studying or anything else.
2: Whether it's related to academics or business or anything. Like it, it always has to go back to what the what the bigger picture is. What feeling are you chasing after? Because like really knowing what feeling you chase, like feelings are what and emotions are what drive our behavior. And the only way we achieve goals is by having consistent behavior. And so the only way to achieve goals is to constantly uh, immerse yourself in the feeling you wanna have every day. Like what kind of feeling do you wanna have every day? For me, I never wanted to feel bad about who I was. And when I worked at corporate clinics, when I surrounded myself with other clinicians that didn't really have a passion for therapy or didn't really see it the way I see it, you know, when I was in situations in which I was made to feel like I was really out of line or out of place or too invested, it made me, it made me ashamed of who I was. And there is no worse feeling in life than being ashamed of who you are. And no one should be made to feel like that. That's the only reason I opened a practice because I got sick of feeling like that. Mm. I don't want to feel like, because I don't want to be mediocre, that I am not a good clinician or that I'm not, in, or that I'm not what I need to be. So for me, it's like, just chase after the, the person you want to be. Chase after being who you are. And for me, that means making my own schedule. It means being able to accommodate my patients in whatever way I want to accommodate them, making them feel special, making them uh, understand that they matter, that their life matters, that the quality of life needs to be at the forefront of everything they do. Like being able to share my life with my patients because I'm more than a therapist. I'm also a human being. Um, I have my own life and I have my own experiences. And those things are just as valuable to my patients as what I know about clinical knowledge. Like, I want to integrate the two. And so whether you're a student or you're a business owner or whatever, don't think so much about the goal as you do about why, why you need it in terms of your emotional fulfillment. Like, what do you want to feel every day?
0: Mm. Chanel you have enlightened us today immensely it has been a pleasure having you on the pre-PT grand podcast our listeners are are being spoiled honestly uh, seeing this depth of what it what it's like on a journey on, on a real journey towards being a physical therapist because we all we all get to PT school we all become clinicians in completely different ways we all we all have a different story and I think that's what That's what makes storytelling so amazing because we can learn from every single person we listen from. So Chanel, thank you so much for sharing your story. If our listeners want to connect with you, they want to ask you more about what they have heard. Is there any way they can contact you? Social media, email, uh, whatnot. And if so, would you mind sharing with them how they can do so?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Instagram, uh, the.embodiboss.com. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Um feel free to email me at uh, embodyboss at gmail.com uh, and I you know I, I'm more than welcome to, or more than happy to answer questions or just listen honestly I think sometimes in your journey you just want it's so validating to feel like someone just gets it you know so I'm always here
0: yeah y'all hit her <laughs> up hit her up i told y'all chanel is a freaking beast so y'all hit her up chanel thank you so much for joining us on the pre grind podcast thank you, thank
2: you. It's been a thank pleasure. you pleasure
0: for those of y'all listening you guys know you guys can access all of our platforms anything and everything at wwwpre we will see you guys next week on the pre-pt grind podcast blessings bye
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. This is a part of the show where we support the people who support us. First, we'd like to mention Smart Success PT, founded by Greg Todd. This course helps you increase your value and build your brand as a physical therapist. What is Smart Success PT? It's an online course, lifetime access, that gives you step-by-step instructions on how to make more money as a PT, improve your worth to your employer, and gain more time. For yourself and for your family by learning the most current leverage strategies as a physical therapist. It also helps you catapult your career, expand your network, and achieve your goals. So check out Smart Success PT. Next, I'd like to mention NewGradPhysicalTherapy.com in conjunction with CovalentCareers.com. New Grad Physical Therapy is an online platform that offers you content with topics including careers, clinical skills, licensing, grad school, insurance, residency, and they even have an audio series to help you study. The parent company to new grad physical therapy is Covalent Careers. This is a sophisticated web platform that helps PTs find the right opportunities and jobs after PT school. Their main goal is to be the champions for new grad physical therapists helping them cross the void from student to new PT, especially in regards to career resources. They have tons of helpful content for both job seekers and employers. It is meant to inform both on how to identify what is the best match for both parties and to make that happen. The platform also allows you to start networking and communicating with potential employers well before graduation it's a great way to explore employment options well before that stressful time of actually having to find a job sign up for your free profile at CovalentCareers.com use my code CASEY2017 that's Casey 2017 if you're skeptical on why you should use my code or anything like that don't worry it's just a way for us to track how well this message is reaching you So sign up and I'll see you inside. Next, I'd like to mention FitBux.com, F-I-T-B-U-X. This is an online financial platform that helps you map your financial future before, during, and after PT school. So go check them out, F-I-T-B-U-X, FitBucks.com. Lastly, I'd like to mention HealthSnaps.com. It provides video and messaging for you and your patient. Telehealth is here, telehealth is the future. Go check them out, healthsnaps.com. Now, many of you may be wondering on why Pre-PT Grind is promoting things that seem unrelated to Pre-PTs. Well, that's where I beg to differ. These resources are very much related to Pre-PTs and their success. This is where Pre-PT Grind separates itself. Our goal is not just to get you into PT school, but our goal is to make sure you thrive once you're in and beyond. This is not a 16-week class that gives you a final exam, then sends you on your way. We have you set up all the way to the end of the journey. So stick with us, keep listening, and we've got you covered. Thank you again so much for listening to the Pre-PT Grind podcast. We will see you very soon.